0: Welcome to Traveling Culturati, where we explore cultures and share travel news, travel tips, destinations, and travel chats. Visit TravelingCulturati.com for more information. Well, hey there, fellow Culturati. Javon Harley here your host and travel pro for Traveling Culturati. Be sure to sign up for that newsletter, connect with me on social media, and join the Travel Club. You can do it all at TravelingCulturati.com. Now, if you're considering travel or have planned travel in the near future, get your pen and paper handy. Today, we're revisiting and updating our traveling in the time of COVID from our show of the same title in November. The CDC has released updated COVID guidelines with regards to vaccines. However, the travel guidelines have not changed and travel is not recommended at this time. So while it's not recommended by the CDC, travel is not prohibited. So whether you should or shouldn't, it's up to you we're providing information and resources for travel preparation. We're providing steps to take during your travels, types of travel to consider, what travel restrictions you can expect, and what to do after you travel. We'll also have Javon's Travel Minute and the Culture Report. Executive producer, Gene Harley, will join me for the second half of the show. So let's get into a little travel news. For the 21st consecutive year, Hartsfield-Jackson Atlanta International Airport has been renamed the busiest airport in the world. Over 107 million passengers flew through the airport in 2018. That's a 3.3 increase over the previous year. This is according to Airports Council International, which recently released its annual report. Atlanta has two terminals, one domestic and the other international with seven concourses between them. So yeah, that can be pretty big and it can be quite a distance to walk, which is why it's worth using the APM or automated people mover, which according to the airport itself can get you all the way to the last concourse in five minutes flat. Atlanta didn't come in first by every metric though. Chicago's O'Hare International Airport had more aircraft movements, which those of us who are on the ground refer to as takeoffs and landings. It's 904,000 movements, and that was enough to drop Atlanta to second place with 895,000 movements. As for cargo, while well, Hong Kong is still the busiest airport. It moved 5.1 million metric tons of its cargo last year with Memphis International Airport coming in second. Memphis, hmm, that's a surprise to me. Maybe not to others, but certainly to me. The top 10, according to passengers, Hartsville, Jackson, Atlanta at number one with 107 million, Beijing Capital International Airport, 100 million, Dubai International, 89 million, Los Angeles International Airport, 87.5 million, Tokyo's Haneda Airport, 86.9 million. Chicago O'Hare's International Airport, 83.2 million. London's Heathrow Airport, 80.1 million. Hong Kong International Airport, 74.5 million. Shanghai's Pudong International Airport, 74 million. And coming in at number 10, Paris's Charles de Gaulle Airport at 72.2 million. Well, airlines have asked the White House to develop standardized COVID-19 travel passports. So when the CDC announced updated COVID guidelines, there was a surprise that there was no mention of travel restrictions updated. It was only stated to follow the current travel guidelines. Leading airline and business groups are now asking the Biden administration to develop at least temporary credentials that would let travelers show they have been tested and vaccinated for COVID 19, a step the airline industry believes will help revive travel. Various groups and countries are working on developing vaccine passports aimed at allowing more travel, but airlines fear that regional credentials will cause confusion. The industry wants uniformity and the world is accustomed to the United States being the leader in global situations. However, the groups that have approached the White House said that vaccination should not be a requirement for domestic or international travel. The groups include the main United States and international airline trade organizations, airline labor unions, and the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. The White House did not immediately comment. The World Health Organization and the United Nations Aviation Arm are working on the type of information to include in a credential. The airline industry groups are particularly interested in having the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention take a leading role, believing that would increase certainty that information in the credentials is legitimate. In the United States, the number of people going through airports remains down nearly 60% so far this year compared with 2019. Most of the people are flying within the United States. This is the case around the globe. Most travel is domestic travel. Airlines are counting on widespread vaccinations to boost travel and for the vaccine passports to give a boost to high lucrative international flying. The cherry blossoms are in bloom again. <laughs> I know that's lilies. <laughs> and they're not in bloom yet, but the prediction has been made. The National Park Service announced Monday that peak bloom will come to the cherry blossoms around the tidal basin between April 2nd and April 5 this year. Peak bloom is the day when 70% of the Yoshino cherry blossoms are open, creating that gorgeous cloud of white and pink flowers floating around the tidal basin. The Park Service uses a straight equation to determine peak bloom. This is according to horticulturalist Michael Stakowitz. You see how cold the temperatures are in the fall when the trees go dormant. Then as the temperatures rise, the trees start to wake up and you start counting the heating degree days and you know how many it will take to get to full bloom. Now chances are pretty good that if you experience the cherry blossoms this year, it'll be virtually. Park Service spokesperson Mike Litterst said that working with our cherry blossom partners and in consultation with the most recent guidance from the Centers for Disease Control and local health guidelines, The National Park Service continues to evaluate what, if any, opportunities there will be to view the blossoms in person at the tidal basin. We expect to make an announcement in the coming weeks. Now, remember last year, the police ended up blocking off the area when cherry blossom lovers couldn't stay away. And despite the region having gone into a lockdown, You can get up-to-date information on the cherry blossoms at cherryblossomwatch.com. I'm from DC and I remember this every year. And often that prediction failed. Often they were not blooming at the predicted date and didn't coincide with the parade. Let's talk a bit about cruises. Windstar to be exact. They're moving their headquarters to Miami in 2022 and they will resume sailing in June, 2021. They're relocating their office from Seattle to Miami. The small ship Cruise Line also alerted guests and travel advisors that it was pushing back the restart of operations from May to June. The Miami office will accommodate mostly cruise operation functions and some direct supporting teams for operations. Other functions such as marketing, revenue, accounting, and IT will move to parent company Xantera's Denver office. Windstar Cruises is owned by Zantera Travel Collection, a group of global hospitality and travel companies based in Denver. On February 24th, WinStar announced that after carefully assessing multiple factors, it was canceling May sailings and would restart operations in June. The decision was made after reviewing current information on COVID transmission rates, travel restrictions, and government regulations. The line will restart cruise operations in a phased manner with initial cruises at a reduced guest occupancy. You can get more information at winstarcruises.com. Ghana's president has received the first shot of the historic COVAX vaccine to launch their vaccination campaign. Ghana has launched a vaccination campaign against the novel coronavirus just days after taking delivery of the historic first shipment of the COVAX vaccines. The president of the Republic, together with the first lady, received the first shots of the vaccine. He described his decision as an important example to make every Ghanaian see how safe the vaccines are and to feel comfortable to take it. The president cautioned that until his team was satisfied that the virus had been defeated, All currently public health protocols would still be in place even with the availability of vaccines. Summarily, the vice president and second lady also took turns to undergo the COVID vaccination procedures. A vaccine rollout plan has been put together to inoculate over 20 million of the population. This phase, which is in the first, is targeting persons most at risk and frontline state officials. This group includes healthcare workers, frontline security personnel, persons with underlying medical conditions and persons 60 years and above. The second phase would target other essential service providers and the rest of the security agencies. And the third phase would target the rest of the general public. That is all persons 18 years and older except for pregnant women. As the temperatures warm up and days get longer, we're heading outdoors and to national parks. In pre-pandemic years, popular parks and their campsites can fill up quickly. However, during the pandemic, since more people are looking for more open places to vacation and new rules and some limitations, campsites can be even harder to come by. As a general rule of thumb, most sites become available six months in advance on recreation.gov with camping at most visited parks selling out four to six months ahead of time. Of course, many parks set their own schedules, and at some, nabbing that spot that you want may seem sitting in front of your computer the day summer reservations become available, which is already here. Condé Traveler put together a list of dates to pay attention to this summer for camping at some of the top parks. Their list, they've included Acadia National Park, Glacier National Park, Grand Teton National Park, Great Smoky Mountains National Park, Rocky Mountain National Park, Yellowstone, and Yosemite National Parks, all with varying dates of when you can book, how you can book. You can go to CondenasTraveler.com to find out more information. And to get those links, just go to recreation.gov. How about some space travel? The world's first space hotel is scheduled to open in 2027. That's just six years from now, folks. (laughs) The hotel Voyager station is set to be built by Orbital Assembly Corporation, a new construction company run by former pilot John Blenkow, who also heads up the Gateway Foundation Orbital Assembly Corporation. Now back in 2019, California company, the Gateway Foundation released plans for a cruise ship style hotel that could one day float above the Earth's atmosphere. Then called the Von Braun Station, this futuristic concept comprised of 24 modules connected by elevator shafts that make up a rotating wheel orbiting the Earth was scheduled to be fully operational by 2027. So let's fast forward a couple of years and the hotel has a new name, Voyager Station. In a recent interview with CNN Travel, Cow explained, there had been some COVID related delays, but construction on the space hotel is expected to begin in 2026, and a sojourn in space could be a reality by 2027. Well, that's all I've got for travel news. And when I come back, we'll have Javon's Travel Minute and information on traveling in the time of COVID. This is Traveling Culturati. We explore cultures and destinations. We share travel news and travel tips to keep you well-informed and prepared for your next travel adventure. So go ahead and up your travel game with Traveling Culturati. Visit TravelingCulturati.com for more information. Welcome back to the Traveling Culturati. I'm your host and travel pro, Javon Harley. Make sure you visit that website, TravelingCulturati.com, and join the travel club. Yes, we're making plans to travel again soon.
1: And now, Javon's Travel Minute.
0: In honor of Women's History Month, I'm taking a look at Girls Trip. Girls Trip is a transformative travel experience focused on female empowerment. Girls Trip offers tours in Kenya, Rwanda, Nigeria, and Ghana with the goal of empowering future female leaders through mentorship, while taking in the sights and dining around town with high profile businesswomen and local industry leaders. Girls Trip helps female travelers explore Africa on their own terms and, in exchange, leverages their expertise to impact the next generation of female leaders across the continent. This is done through their mentorship program, which provides high-achieving girls around Africa access to internships, business grants, and scholarships. Girls Trip is founded by four dynamic women. Candice Nkoth-Bisek was number one on Forbes 30 Under 30. Regina Honu, a social entrepreneur who runs the first coding and human-centered design school in West Africa. Tanya Habimana, a serial entrepreneur who recently launched Threads Stitched by Standard Bank in South Africa, and Eya Popo, the founder of Aiba Magazine, an award-winning online platform that chronicles Africa's renaissance, and they call themselves The Squad. You can get more information at girlstrip.tour. This is Javon, and that was your Travel Minute. Today we're talking about traveling in the time of COVID. If you've decided that travel is ill-advised in any form, then this is not for you. This is for those individuals that have reviewed options and either want to or need to travel. We're providing information you can use before you travel with precautions to take during your travels, considering travel types, and what are the travel restrictions, what to do after you travel, and of course, a bit more. All information provided today is based on publicly available information and our personal travel experience. So please note that all information is subject to change. We'll provide you with a list of resources on our website and blog so you can stay up to date with information. Executive producer, Gene Harley, is joining me in the discussion. Hello, Jean, and welcome back.
1: Thank you, Javon. It's always good to be on the air with you.
0: Thank you. Well, we did a show back in November. If you recall, you did that show with me as well. That's correct. This was before the vaccine though. Some things have changed and most things haven't. But one thing for sure is that more people are willing to travel now and are making plans for the near future. So for those who are considering travel and those who are traveling in the time of COVID, you really must know and understand what that means. I want to first address the CDC's COVID guideline update that was issued by the White House earlier this week. It did not update the travel component.
1: No, it did not. And that was surprising. But we keep in mind they're trying to keep travel low during the upcoming spring break.
0: Right. So what that means is that the last travel guideline is still in place. Masks are required for all transportation hubs and vehicles. And this is airports, bus and train stations, and on board buses, trains and planes. When planning your trip, there's a list of considerations and action. So these are the things we're going to be covering today. Choosing your destination. How do you plan on getting there? What you will need to do ahead of getting there? Where will you stay? What will you do while you're there? What you will need to bring with you for safer travels and what you need to do to return home? And then, of course, what to do after returning home. Two very different things. And the previous one, because of the new restrictions that the United States has, that's especially true on international travel.
1: It's crucial when you look at what you're doing. So in preparation of traveling, Choosing a destination is always the first choice, but it's even more important now, Javon. So what are we looking at?
0: We are looking at checking the status of COVID-19 at your destination. You can check your area's cases and your destination's cases with a COVID tracker that's available online. I typically use the World Meter, and Mm -hmm. I find that it gives you the entire list of countries who are reporting their COVID numbers. And you can also use cdc.gov or who.org.
1: No, the world meter is excellent because you can click each individual country and get updates too.
0: You certainly can. Now, you wanna check and see if there's a high or low rate of new cases at your destination. And you wanna know your risk factor for yourself and those you live with And or care for it. See, that's very important. And I think that sometimes the thing that's overlooked, it's not just about you. Mm -hmm. Who are you coming in contact with and interacting with on a regular basis? You need to consider them in contact
1: with. Yes, that's the crucial point. A lot of people overlook.
0: Now, what about your destination? What else do you need to look for there?
1: Well, when you're choosing a destination, it's not always about the things you do, and when you're there, it's wise to consider the destination's infrastructure, including hospitalization.
0: Yeah, that's very important, that infrastructure. And here's why. When you're choosing a destination, you cannot choose a destination just by, I wanna go there (laughs) or I wanna see these sites. You wanna understand that destination's infrastructure, meaning hospitalization, how are they currently handling their COVID cases? And going back to the hospitalization, What kind of medical facilities do they have and what kind of health care do they have? That's very important. And not just traveling internationally. If you're going to a small town in the United States, how far away is
1: that hospital? Yes. And these things may differ from state to state. You may be going to a U.S. beach or lake location. And how far is the hospital? How far is the nearest medical facility that you can go to if you need some help?
0: Right, and the reason that you need to consider this is that you need to consider what if I contract COVID or any other major medical condition while I'm at that destination and understanding what that country or state's protocols are for COVID-19. One of the other things you really have to do is make sure that you understand those requirements in the state, local and territorial governments like requiring masks and requiring those who recently traveled to stay at home up to 14 days. Because these, not so United States, (laughs) and I say that because we all have so many different restrictions when it comes to COVID and mask mandates. So we have to know what they are across those state lines.
1: And when you're traveling internationally, this becomes even more complicated. You have to check with the destination's Office of Foreign Affairs or their Ministry of Health And also the U.S. Department of State, .state travel.state.gov, the Bureau of Counselor Affairs, the country information page. All of these will give you details on the requirements for going to the country, staying in the country, vaccinations, COVID testing, mass requirements, and even if you have to be quarantined.
0: Absolutely. And the last thing you want to do is to get in trouble in a foreign country because you haven't <laughs> followed those protocols or you arrive and you haven't filled out necessary documentation or paperwork. A lot of countries have those health forms that you have to present
1: upon arrival. And many of them have to be filled out within 24 hours. So. You have to look at the time it's taking you to get to the destination. If you have long stopovers, stayovers in another country, what arrangements do you need to make?
0: Yes. And you have to check the information more than once. (laughs) You have to check it in preparation of your travel, but you also have to check it before you leave again to make sure that there haven't been any changes or updates. COVID-19 protocols, policies, restrictions, all of these things are constantly changing and can change. On a dime. So you definitely want to make sure that you check it. I would say almost every day before you leave, at least that last week before you're traveling.
1: Before you get on the plane, even as you're heading to the airport. And as we said, on any long stopovers, that's where your mobile phone comes into great assistance as you can actually put those apps in and check them.
0: Yeah, your mobile device is really going to become a crucial travel accessory and amenity that you're going to need to have. So let's move into consideration for types of travel and how you're going to get there, because, again, this is something else that you're going to map
1: out. Yeah. Airplanes, automobiles, even road trips. These are considerations you have to take. These travel guidelines are still in place in many places around the world. Masks are required for all transportation hubs and vehicles, including airports and on the airplanes. This is true in bus and train stations also, even on board while you're on a bus or a train that's also in there. So these protocols vary from country to country, so you may want to think carefully about who you travel with and how you're going to get there. Delta, for example, is one of the last airlines that is still doing a block the middle seat. So that's a great consideration to take through and that's gonna go through all the way until April. But when you're traveling, there's things that you need to take with you. What about gloves along with these masks? You need to handle with care. They're just new variants of the COVID-19 virus out there and you need to be prepared for them. So most places we're even recommending wearing a shield along with your mask. I know, Javon, when we were on our last flight, You wore one and I wore a shield also.
0: Yeah, I just felt a lot better not only having on the mask, but also having the shield on. And again, with the flights, as you mentioned, with Delta blocking the middle seat, not all airlines are doing that. So you do have the option, the airlines are allowing flexible policies where if the flight is too full for your comfort level, they'll allow you to change to a less full flight. But understanding with the new variants that are already here, they're more contagious. And I think they've been here since the summer anyway, but definitely wearing that face shield. Now they are saying that airlines and their air filtration makes it safe to fly. This is according to the airline industry. So again, it's just something that you want to consider yourself in making that decision with air travel, but understanding that a mask is a requirement and you can be fined if you refuse to keep it on during the flight or if you cause a ruckus up to twenty-five thousand dollars, i believe
1: and also banned against future flights on that airline or flying period so keep that in mind if you don't want to wear a mask if you don't want to take the precautions that are recommended they're required don't fly
0: right let's talk about car travel because there's mm-hmm. two things here rental car or even just in your own car but you're taking a road trip there are a lot of things you really need to consider Whether you're doing a road trip pre pandemic or right now, Mm -hmm. but we're talking about adding those extra things to the road trip or car rental making stops along the way for gas, food and bathroom breaks, you'll need to prepare for those and you need to take necessary precautions. Of course, again, we're going to say it a lot through the show masks social distancing, and hand washing. There you go. Now, masks and hand washing are even more crucial during a road trip because you're going to be subject to these breaks and touching a lot of surfaces. Now, usually based on healthcare professional Yolanda Como and our own doctor, they kind of frown about gloves because we don't handle them properly. But in this case, I would say make sure you have disposable gloves with you so that if you are using a facility at a road stop or something of that nature, then you want to use the gloves, immediately toss them out.
1: We probably should have always used gloves when we go to a roadside bathroom. But this mm-hmm. is a even better consideration on there, having those gloves available and being able to wash your hands. And, you know, that's the most important part about it. Soap and water may not always be available. But you can take hand sanitizer that's at least 60% alcohol. Hand sanitizer that's at least 60% alcohol to cover all the surfaces, maybe even take some spray with you. And Javon, you talk about when you're planning those stops and trying to get clean up after, those little soap sheets that people can buy, right?
0: Yeah, they're the little soap sheets that come in a container and you can activate them with a bottle of water so you can always have hand washing available to you because the healthcare professionals say that hand washing is the best overall. If you don't have access to hand washing, then hand sanitizer. But hand sanitizer is not better than hand washing. So the times that you want to use gloves is when you're stopping at those rest stops and also when you're getting gas. But again, immediately dispose of those gloves once you have that activity. So you're going to need a box of disposable gloves to travel with you. And download some of those apps like Gas Buddy so that you can plan ahead of time. Chart it out, that's right. You're going to definitely need to plan in advance.
1: Also, when we're talking about this trip planning for your meals and your food stops. Yes, on a short trip, you may be able to pack some meals and take them with you and feel safe about it, but you need to chart out where you're going to get food along the way. And some of these things like Gas Buddy can tell you if a gas station has food facilities also.
0: Yeah, now let's talk about that preparation and anticipating our travel needs. We already know what's at the top of the list. The masks, both disposable and fabric, don't just come with fabric because you may not always have the chance to wash it. So, definitely disposable when you're traveling face shields or goggles, disposable gloves, hand sanitizer, disinfecting spray. And then you need to ask yourself these questions Does the destination require a negative COVID test? So, whether you're required to do so or not, I still think it's a very responsible traveler. That would get a COVID test before traveling, domestic or international. And then getting the COVID test and the required paperwork. So, if you're traveling internationally, you're going to need the paperwork to prove you have a negative COVID test. It's very important that you look at that paperwork before you arrive at the airport. Does it have your name on it? Does it have the date? and cite where the test or sample was drawn. That's very important. And then of course, it must show a negative result. What else do we need in preparation?
1: Number one, and this has been true no matter when or where you go, get travel insurance. We cannot state this more. I'm not talking about assurance or a waiver or cancellation. Full travel insurance, this is what's going to protect you. Even if it doesn't have a COVID clause in it, it will allow you if you are delayed, if you have to make a stopover, if you have to make a change, if you are quarantined, if you need medical facilities, if you need evacuation, all of this is covered with travel insurance if you buy the right policy.
0: Yeah, and really emphasizing that extended stay. You have to really prepare and think, what if i have a positive COVID test upon my return that's right and you have to plan for that and travel insurance is going to help you because if you have to extend your stay for 14 days you have to pay for that hotel accommodation and that's something very important which kind of brings me to our next point which is where will you stay your hotel and accommodations will it be a hotel airbnb resort you're going to need to know the companies and how they're protecting customers from covid 19. So what else do we need to really think about when we're choosing hotel accommodations?
1: Well, one big thing that's come from this is the cleaning procedure at major hotels, resorts, spas, all around the world is now being listed. And many of them are taking the effort to sanitize the room, even in some cases, sealing the door until you come in. A lot of them are coming up with touchless ways. And also when you go into a hotel room, you can decide if anybody comes in that room from that point on, or if you want to isolate yourself and just get fresh towels or other linen during your stay and limit the access to your room.
0: And I always say to take matters into your own hand. Yes, you wanna know that the hotel has those protocols in place, but bring your own, as we talked about, anticipate your travel needs. But here's another question you have to ask. Does the hotel, one, administer the COVID test, especially if you're traveling internationally? Because you need that negative COVID test to return. So where are you gonna get that test? And it's very helpful if the hotel that you're staying at has a facility or the accessibility to assist you with that. Number two, do they allow you to stay there in the event you do have a positive test so that you don't have to pack up and go someplace else or to a government facility. So those are two questions you really have to add to your list.
1: And also, even while you're there, check some of the things. Are masks required while you're in the common areas? What about social distancing? When you're dining, how is it going to be done? Most places have eliminated buffets, but you need to know what the dining facilities are going to be like so you feel safe and secure. Nowadays, you can even check in and check out contactless online with your phone. Find out if they're doing that. Even key access may be done with your phone. Check into this. These are things we're going to probably keep going in the future because they're more convenient and they're safer
0: and if you're staying at a resort or you know major hotel that you're looking forward to a lot of amenities that they may have you want to check in advance to see what's open and what's not because some areas of hotels and facilities may or may not be open or they may have reduced hours so the next question is what will you do at the destination and those are the activities and your movement that you need to consider. And certainly if you're going to participate in any events or activities, you wanna check those facilities to see if they're open, if they have amended hours, if they have new rules and restrictions on COVID, their protocols, and if a reservation is required, understanding that most places have cut their capacity. So getting in may be a bit tougher.
1: Yeah, and that's so true because in the past, you may not have made a reservation in advance before you left the country. And nowadays, probably going forward, it's recommended to check the hours, to check the capacity, to see if you need a reservation and see what their requirements are while you're there.
0: Absolutely, especially talking about museums and sites and that, restaurants, you're, that even, you're visiting. That's yes, true. and restaurants.
1: Now you yes. had a great time, you relaxed, you've had some great meals and activities. Yes, there's a lot of planning, but you're well overdue. You wanted to enjoy it and you have before you return home, there's some things you need to consider.
0: Yes, we talked a little bit earlier about that hotel and those two extra questions that you have to ask. Well, if you're traveling internationally, as of earlier this year, it became a requirement to have a negative COVID test upon return. That means you cannot board your flight if you don't have that test available to present. So we talked about getting that COVID test even asking your hotel if they can administer it for you. You want to do it at the right time. Now, coming back home to the United States, they're going to require that the negative test was drawn within 72 hours of your departure or your flight home. And in a lot of cases, it's going to be upon arrival as well. So that's very important, too, that you have that negative test and that timing of it. So you wanna check with the facility the turnaround time of getting that COVID test so that you can present the paperwork and it still falls within the 72 hours. And like we said earlier, make sure you're prepared for a positive COVID test result.
1: And when you get that test results, make sure that you have a hard copy, but also a downloadable email or whatever copy so that if you lose the hard copy, you still have it on your phone. You still have a way of showing it. In some cases, it'll come across as a barcode. Make sure you have it.
0: Yeah. And if your hotel doesn't administer the test on site, then you want to make sure you know where that is and the proximity to your hotel, because it may be in another town or city that's so far away. So you're going to have to prepare for that.
1: This is one of the things when you're choosing your destination, your hotel, your resort, your Airbnb, whatever, make sure that test availability is there. Some countries and some locations are including it in your stay at no additional cost.
0: Yes. So that's something to check as well because that cost, if there is one associated with it, is at your own expense and it can run upwards of $200 that's right, depending on where you are. So let's talk about once you get home. Because, again, it's not just like, oh, I'm home, I'm done. <laughs> again, there are some protocols and safety measures that you have to take.
1: Yeah, perhaps done, at least for the near future of the days where you throw the bag down, you get a good night's sleep, and you go right back out and go to the office the same day or the next morning. You need to be prepared because it is recommended, if not mandatory, that you consider self-quarantining for up to 14 days upon returning home. You can also consider and you should look at getting a COVID test to check within or after seven days of returning home. You just want to make sure you want to check with your employer on the requirements if you've been traveling overseas. A lot of people say it's not their business. Yes, it is because you're coming in contact with a lot of people, even at work. Let's be safe for everyone. Some have restrictions that you may or may not be able to return to work right after you've been traveling anywhere, but especially overseas. Still keep social distancing, keep your mask on when you return home, unless it's the people who traveled with you and or they have been vaccinated. You want to make sure that you are taking proper precautions indoors and outdoors. So you want to keep wearing the mask. You want to check yourself for symptoms and you want to find out if there's anything that means that you should get tested or be seen by a medical professional.
0: Yes, and talking about the vaccine. So if you've been vaccinated, uh, again, cdc.gov, they have issued new guidelines for those who have been vaccinated, but understanding that you're coming back, you maybe have been vaccinated, but others have not. So you still want to do all of those things as if you're protecting others. That's very, very important. So let's get into some questions that we've been asked. And we had some folks who have sent us emails knowing that this show was coming up and wanting to know where can Americans travel now?
1: Okay, currently, and this is changing quite often, Americans are able to travel to over 50 countries and territories worldwide in all states, of course, in the United States. The list changes daily and often comes with some restrictions. For example, a pre-trip COVID-19 test is required for a lot of destinations. Negative testing are required and rules may be in effect when you get there and at the destination. For the most accurate, up-to-date information, check the official government website for the country you are considering visiting. Note that a lot of these countries may have rules that differ based on where you're coming from and where your stops are in between.
0: Now. Again, the big question, do fully vaccinated travelers need to quarantine or provide a negative COVID test? We addressed this earlier.
1: Well, the fact is right now the CDC has not made any changes to the existing travel restrictions and rules for other countries. A vaccine is a safe procedure, but you still should be wearing your mask. You still should be covered. And understand vaccinations are not universal as of yet.
0: There's something else that I wanted to talk about regarding COVID testing and getting to and from your destination. We mentioned it earlier about the timing of it, depending on the country. And every country is different. Some say within 72 hours, some say as much as 96 hours. But you have to make sure the date the specimen was collected falls within that period. And so you need to consider how many days is it gonna take for me to get that result back? And how many days is that going to be when I check in for the flight? So booking your flight is very important. If you can, go nonstop. If you can't go nonstop, make sure you limit that connection to one connection so that if there are any delays or anything like that, you're covered in that period. If something happens and you're delayed, and it puts you outside of that COVID testing period, you're going to have to get another test to fall within that period. So certainly something you need to consider, especially for international travel. So we really just wanna say this, don't let up because we don't wanna have any setbacks. You wanna refer to our site and blog for the list of sites to visit in preparation of your travels. We will put today's show in written form so that you can get all of that information Jean, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you, Javon. We've done our due diligence. Let's hit the road.
0: Yeah, <laughs> when I come back, I've got the culture report with Yolanda Como on the vaccine and its impact on traveling now and in the near future. This is Traveling Culturati. We explore cultures and destinations. We share travel news and travel tips to keep you well-informed and prepared for your next travel adventure. So go ahead and up your travel game with Traveling Culturati. Visit TravelingCulturati.com for more information. Welcome back to the Traveling Culturati. I'm your host and travel pro, Javon Harley. Head on over to the website. TravelingCulturati.com. Culture is forever changing and reflecting what's happening in the society and with its people. It can be born of the arts, music, food, and sometimes politics and strife. Well, COVID has certainly changed the culture of travel, and now the COVID vaccine is at the forefront of another change. I've invited healthcare professional Yolanda Como to join me for a chat about it. Well, hello, Yolanda, and welcome back. Hello, Yolanda. I'm glad to be back. But we always want to keep being healthy along with travel front of mind. That's very, very important. And I can't believe that March really means that it has really been a year of lockdowns. Not only are you a healthcare professional, but you're a avid traveler too. So this has really affected your life in both of those ways.
2: Yes it has. Most definitely.
0: So now we're talking about the vaccines and the CDC has recently issued some new guidelines and what needs to be noted is that the White House has not asked the CDC nor has the CDC decided to update travel Restrictions. So what has changed regarding the vaccine?
2: So what has changed, and I think it's great news, they lifted some of the conditions in terms of you being in quarantine and on lockdown. So what's changed is really focused on the people who have been fully vaccinated. Those individuals who have had the course of the vaccine, the series, and it's been two weeks has passed since their last vaccination of that series, or whatever brand you have received, other vaccinations, you consider fully vaccinated, and you can begin going around and gathering people who you haven't seen in a year, like grandparents can visit their children, their grandchildren.
0: What else does that mean for those who are fully vaccinated?
2: What you need to know is if you're fully vaccinated, you can gather with individuals if they are low risk of an illness of COVID, meaning If they themselves do not have serious illnesses or comorbidities like other illnesses where they can be more prone to COVID, you can visit with them, even if they have not been vaccinated. So you still need to take precautions. You can visit with them if you still want to wear a mask, but you can go in, you can hug them, you can kiss them, you can have visits with them, you don't have to do the you still want to wear a mask while you're visiting, that's fine, too. But technically, you are fully vaccinated, and you should be immune, have antibody buildup in your body system, where you will be immune and not contract COVID, where it will be severe to you and put you in the hospital and have you hospitalized and in the ICU.
0: Right. So that's for the person who has been vaccinated, but you being vaccinated, it's not going to make them safe. It'll make you safe, but it won't make them safe.
2: Exactly. It won't, but at the same time, if you're visiting them and they're not vaccinated, you still should take some precautions when you are visiting in that household. But if those individuals in the household, and just that one household, they live all together, haven't ventured out, haven't contracted anything, you visiting them, the CDC is saying it's totally okay to do.
0: Okay, now what has not changed?
2: So what hasn't changed is you still need to social distance to protect yourself and others, even though you have been fully vaccinated with those others, like larger groups, going um, in spaces where there's poorly ventilation, being around many people in public, unvaccinated people with severe illnesses, you really need to still social distance from them. Make sure you're still doing the hand washing routine and definitely wear your mask. The CDC is also saying that they suggest that you delay any domestic and international traveling as well. I've been hearing a lot of things from the medical professionals. Some are saying that they don't understand why if you're fully vaccinated, why you cannot continue go on and start traveling. But according to the CDC, they're being very, very cautious and they want to make sure That the numbers are high enough, there's more people who are vaccinated before they recommend the traveling. Because only 10% of the country, the United States, has been vaccinated.
0: Right. Well, that's what I was thinking. Now, because you can't change travel rules and restrictions for only those who have vaccinated, because right now we don't even have the system to check to say, well, you can do this because you're fully vaccinated or you're not fully vaccinated, so you can't. So the concern is that if you lighten the rules and the guidelines, then everyone, those who have and haven't been vaccinated will follow those. And then, like I said in the last segment, the virus is still here. We still need to take those precautions. So we cannot let our guards down because we will suffer setbacks if we do.
2: And, and not only is this is the virus still here, there's also variant viruses of the virus that's here now. So we really need to be more cautious about this vi- variants from other countries that they're finding in, here in the United States, in different states that have identified other variants of the virus.
0: I remember them saying that on the news last summer that we already had New variants that were more contagious right. then. So I don't think this is a new thing. I mean, that's what viruses do; they mutate. But we have to stay vigilant. And just because people are getting vaccinated, it doesn't mean that the virus doesn't exist anymore, and it doesn't mean that enough people are vaccinated where we are back to normal. We are not back to normal. We're just heading in the right direction. <laughs> <Exactly>.
2: Yeah, <laughs> but we, we, are. And I, we are. We are heading in right, and I I think it's a great thing. They're saying the numbers. We plateaued at one point, and now it looks like things are going down. So the more the people are getting vaccinated, they'll start seeing those numbers continue to steadily drop, and that's a good sign. Yeah,
0: I do look for those numbers for the world meter, and we've gone from over 200, almost 300,000 per day, where we're below 100,000 a day. So that's very, very promising. Now, what vaccines are available
2: So the vaccines that are available here, they're from the brand of Pfizer, Moderna, and now we have J&J. Johnson & Johnson has a vaccine out that the country, United States, is okay to be in use right now. And that one requires only a single dose.
0: Yeah. Now, I'm imagining as a healthcare professional, you've already been vaccinated.
2: Oh, yes. I am fully vaccinated. Actually, I was fully vaccinated as a... mid January. And I, I got my first injection in December, late December, and then three weeks after that January. Now you're not considered fully vaccinated until two weeks after that final injection.
0: So after the second shot with Pfizer and Moderna, and since Johnson & Johnson is a single shot two weeks after that period. Now, what about symptoms? Because this is something that, of course, with the information highway, you get all kinds of information. What personally did you experience?
2: I just experienced a light headache 20 minutes or so after the dose. And it lasted probably an hour, maybe an hour or two. And that's because I did take some Tylenol after that. But it wasn't a major headache. It was just a, a, a light migraine. And the next morning, I had tenderness to my arm, to the injection site. In fact, I didn't even realize I had even gotten the injection until I had the headache. Because I even asked the person who gave the injection, I go, did you give it? You know, I didn't, I didn't feel a thing. But the next morning, my arm was a little tender. I so said, yeah, I got the shot. But the first and the second dose, I experienced the exact same thing the headache and the tenderness to the arm.
0: So what does this mean going further with the vaccine?
2: Once again, traveling is going to change where you will be able to venture out and travel a little bit more. The more people get vaccinated, it'll be better for the overall country itself because we will begin to start seeing things opening up, restaurants and tour sites and various things that you miss doing. I'm not sure about concerts because there's just too many people, but they are saying that stadium ball games, they're gonna start opening in the spring where you can have 20 to 50% occupancy of people in the stands. Thing so you will have to continue to do those to wear your mask. Masking, I don't think it's gonna go away for a while. Continue to wash your hands and continue to social distance at this point. I'm thinking till fall maybe, we might be able to gather a little bit more, maybe in the summer, fall, but masking, hand washing, and social distancing will remain in place.
0: Yeah, because there's so many people who aren't vaccinated, self included in that. Everybody around me is getting vaccinated, but. I don't fall into any of those categories, so I'm pushed further and further down the list. And everywhere seems to be chaotic with trying (laughs) to get appointments. And I mean, even here in Illinois, they have changed numerous times where before they were saying everyone could get vaccinated last weekend. But then they changed it and said, no, it's still only one B plus, which means 65 and older, or you can be younger than 65, but only if you have a pre existing or a high risk condition. So that's the thing getting the vaccine.
2: But you know, they're saying that, but at the end of the day, I mean, just like, okay, for instance, over the weekend, my husband was getting texts and to go to a different site now, you know, because they're doing shots now, they're doing injections, and he, you know, jumped up and drove to a site. As soon as he got there, they had just finished giving injections. They ran out. But he was going to be able to get one because it was opened up to anyone at that time. Mm -hmm. I think they had like an hour or two where, you know, they had extra medication. And even on the news, when I saw, you know, there's a high school giving shots now. This is the site. So a lot of people were running out. Like you said, it was chaotic. They were texting their family members and friends who would come to the site as well. So that's been the issue. People are trying to, even on the site, when you get onto the site, this jockey and trying to get a vaccination date, it's almost like trying to get a concert ticket.
0: We are headed in the right direction to a greater sense of normalcy, but we're not there yet. So we definitely wanted to update our show from November to give you information, talk about vaccines and how they are impacting travel. But still, we have to stay the course so that we don't have any setbacks. But certainly if you do have a vaccine, what do you wanna say to folks, Yolanda, as far as that routine?
2: I received the documentation of me completing my vaccination, I'm fully vaccinated. So what I did, I took the document and I cropped it and laminated it to a wallet size. So I can keep it with me at all times. So when I travel, because you're going to be expected to show that you've been vaccinated or if you're trying to travel or to show proof that you have a negative
0: COVID result. Thank you so much for joining me today, Yolanda. It's been a pleasure. You're welcome. Well, that's it for the show today. Wherever you go, go with all your heart, Confucius. Ladies and